0: Well, hey, before I, I, jump in, just in case for all of you who are watching at home, in case you came and turned on a little bit late and missed the announcement, we're actually going to be taking communion together today. And so, um, so if you're home and you didn't know that and you're not prepared, I wanted to let you know. So at the end of my message, if you want to just run to the, to the kitchen real quick, grab some bread, um, grab some juice. If you don't have any juice, Believe me, I think Jesus knows and understands it's really the act of communion that's most important, not that the element's exactly right, but get some sort of liquid, get some bread, and, let's, uh, and we'll take communion together at the end of the service. All right, so as we sing that song, you guys, and we think about God as a king and Jesus Christ as a king, like when you have a king, well, then that's someone who you listen to they kind of set the standard, they set the law, and we follow him. But for us, as we just saying, all of our devotion and all of our worship is to Jesus because he's the king. And so, so we follow him and we do what he tells us to do. Well, on March 12th, I remember sitting in a in a meeting that morning on March 12th, because we were trying to f- figure out what we were going to do as a church uh, because we were hearing about this, this uh, pandemic that might be coming. And what I realized is, you know what actually happened on March 12th? It was a Thursday. Is another king showed up. <laughs> oh, it was like, there's a new sheriff in town, guys. <laughs> and COVID literally came in and all these new rules showed up and all these things that we had to follow. And that's what happened. And so it was basically buckle down, we're going red, you're gonna have to stay in your homes, you can't get out unless it's essential. Do you guys remember what the freeways looked like back in March? I mean, it was bizarre. But it's like a new king came in and he said, you're gonna have house arrest. And so you're just gonna stay at home. And that's how it works. And it was so interesting, thing, interesting because immediately, everything that we usually have so much security and hope and trust in was threatened. All of a sudden, we didn't know back then, right? It's like our health was threatened. Our jobs and our financial security were threatened, We had to be stuck at home, and we didn't know if we could hang out with anybody anymore, and our relationships were threatened. And I don't care who you are as a human. Your health and your financial stability and relationship is what brings life. And those things became threatened. And now, one of those things that was happening was when you had to stay home, it's like, I'm all alone. (laughs) And for some of you, that was a brutal season, and for some of you, it still is really, really difficult. And then there were others. You stayed home, and all of a sudden, you looked around, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I have a family. <laughs> Look at these, who are, who are you guys? <laughs> and, and next thing you know, you dusted off the games and stuff, and you started having game nights and movie nights, and you actually started hanging out with each other. But, but here, here's, the, here's what happened. We didn't know what to do. So we had to stay home. So what did we all do? We binged Netflix. One of the lessons that we learned when COVID came is all of a sudden it's like, I'm stuck here. I guess I'll just binge Netflix. And then what was happening? Everybody's like, oh my gosh. You know the freshman 15 that you get, right? When you graduate from high school, all of a sudden there was the COVID 2025. Because we just sat there and we started, I don't know what to do. The things I live for have been taken away from me. And so now I just binge on stuff that makes me feel good because this is a scary time. And I don't know what else to do. Now, can I just say, this doesn't just happen with COVID. This happens to every one of us. I have definitely had my seasons. When life got super hard and frustrating, scary, scary. And next thing you know, man, I'm just finding myself. How do I get through this? And next thing you know, without even meaning to you, you start to medicate yourself. And so, but here's what we finally came. And here's the lesson that COVID taught us. That's our series, right? We're talking about COVID-19, the lessons we've learned. Here's what we learned. Is binging Netflix doesn't cut it. It's not life giving. Now I'm sure if we all went through here, we all have our show we started watching. That's okay. But did it become the thing that became what you were hoping would actually bring you life? And there's not anybody, there's not anybody who's sitting there going, man, I love the fact that I can't get off this couch. I love the fact that I can't stop playing this game. I love the fact that I just watched five episodes in a row this is my life. This is what I live for, right? Nobody's saying that. And we learned that this just doesn't cut it. So what we need to talk about today is what can help get us off the couch and live. So I don't know about you. I started thinking about this. If you could go back to the beginning of COVID, would you do anything differently? Now that we kind of know, we're sitting here, if you could go back, what would you do differently? You know what we did at K2? Because we needed to. Our first messages were, the first one was on faith. That we actually have a God who we can trust and we need to put our faith in him. We can trust him. And then we talked about peace. Because people needed to know that you can have peace no matter what situation. you're And then we talked about hope. That there's a greater hope. We needed to talk about all of those things. But I'm just going to be totally honest with you. After we kind of established that foundation of faith and hope and peace in Christ, man, we kind of kept going down that road, and I wish we would have jumped into something different. I wish we were talking about how to really get off the couch and live, because that's what God wants to offer us. So what does Jesus Christ, what did he offer us when COVID came? And what does he offer us still today? Because right what's Jesus? He's the king of kings. So COVID could come in and go, okay, I'm in charge now. <laughs> this is what you're going to do. This is what you're not going to do. And this is how you're going to live. And the Bible tells us, y'all, we have a kingdom that can't be shaken that's greater than that because we have a king that's greater than any other king. Okay? Remember that next week when you vote. All right. So Paul, what I want to do, I want to lead you today is Paul. Paul wrote so much of the New Testament. He wrote a lot of letters to these churches. And he experienced incredible hardship, suffering, loss, a lot of loss. He had kings, he had powers that were constantly against him in so many different ways. And at one point, he was in house arrest. So he literally had to, now way worse than us, he had to stay in his home and not leave it for at least two years. So he knew what it was to not be free, to not have the freedoms of his life. And yet, while he was stuck there, one of the things that he did was he wrote a letter to a church that he had planted in a town called Philippi, okay? And it's the book that we call Philippians now. So he starts his church, and he writes this letter to them. And you know what's interesting is that it's often called the book of joy. <laughs> so he's writing in house arrest for two years, and the book he's writing is one of joy. Can I ask you, how many of you, as you are sitting on your couch, watching Netflix and not being able to live your life, go, I'm going to write a book of joy? <laughs> how in the world was Paul able to live a life of joy when he couldn't live the life he was normally living. Now, here's the other thing he knew. He knew that this young church, it was a young church, that they were going through the same types of sufferings that he was going through. So he wrote him this letter. And if you look at the letter, there's a few themes, obviously, in every letter Paul writes, but here's one major thing. In this letter, he says, value others above yourself. If you want to really be free, if you want to live, if you want to be able to be, have joy in any of your circumstances, then you, you got to value other people above yourself. So there's a bunch of writings in the book of Philippi where he's, where he's trying to tell the church, that would be us. That would be you guys who are at home. All of us who are the church. He's saying, get together, get together and value each other above yourself. Create a community, care for each other. These are really hard times. I know you're suffering, but you can think about others above yourself. And if you do that, you're going to live and you're going to bless everybody else. So that was one way he valued others above himself. The other thing about Paul in Philippians is all he cared about was helping people in the world who were far apart from God to get reconciled back to God. He valued people who didn't have the same joy that he had, who didn't have the same peace that he had, who didn't have the life that he had, who didn't have the purpose that he had. And so Paul was constantly, in the book of Philippians, it's so clear, all he cares about is that more people who don't have this life with God find it. So you know what he's doing? While he's in house arrest, he's there actually really excited. Part of his joy is because he gets to tell the gospel to all the guards around him. And other people are coming to him. And he's he's not sitting. Paul is not sitting on the couch binging Netflix. I don't know. Now, if he had Netflix, would he have binged it? That's a good question. But no, the answer is no. Because he lived for something greater. And so, why was he able to do this? As he encourages the church to live for others, to value others. To care about people who are far away from God and to help them know Him. I think He gives the answer right in the middle of the book in Philippians chapter three. And I just want to tell you if Paul could be here today, what would He say to you and me about how we, in the midst of our pandemic, in the midst of our loss of our freedom, how can we really live? And here's what he said. He said, whatever was to my gain, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. In fact, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things that I might gain Christ, and that I could be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, but a righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. You guys, there is a righteousness that comes from God, not from yourself. It comes from God on the basis of faith. So I want to know Christ I want to share I want to know the power of the resurrection I want to share in his sufferings I want to become like Christ in his death so that somehow I could attain to the resurrection from the dead now not that I have already obtained this or have already reached my goal. But one thing I do, I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet, yet, to have taken hold of it. The one thing I do, I press on toward the goal to win the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. So, all of us who are mature should take this type of view on this. All of us should. And if on some point, excuse me, and if on some point you think differently, then that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. So join together. Join together in following our example. For we've been a model to you. In the same way, look to those who live their lives like we do. Because told, I've told you many times, I've told you many times, and I'm going to tell you one more. Even with tears, that there are many, who live as enemies of the cross of Christ. And the destiny of that life is destruction. Because their God is their stomach. And they glory in their shame because their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power given to him that enables him to put everything under his control, he will change our lowly bodies to become like his glorious body. Therefore, brothers and sisters, whom I love, whom I long for, my joy, my crown. Stand firm in the Lord in this way. My dear friends, that's how Paul was able to live a life full and free and impactful even while he was in house arrest. And so what I want to do, you guys, is I just want to unpack this for you. Just real quick, there's some key things, and here's what I wanna here's what I want to tell you. How do you get off the couch? What's gonna help you get off the couch and actually live? And you know what it is? It's love. (laughs) What's gonna get you off the couch so that you can really live? And it's love. There's five things in here I'm gonna go through really quick that Paul says can help get you off the couch. Here's the first one: Union with Christ. Union with Christ. So let me just say, if any of you guys are watching today or any of you that are in this building, if you are finding yourself, because there there are so many things. It's not just Netflix, obviously. One of the things that happened you guys during COVID is all the addictions started to rise up again. The things that we go to to try to help us feel better, that's where we went to find life. And if that's where you're at, there's some of you who are going, I hate this. I want to be free. I don't want to be doing this to myself. I can tell this isn't life. And I know this about you. If you are a follower of Christ, that means that Jesus Christ is living inside of you. And if he is, if Jesus is in you, can you guys, can you imagine Jesus with all he went through binging on Netflix? You know, get gaining another 25 pounds That's not Christ. So how do we get off the couch and how do we love? It's union with Christ. What did Paul say? He goes, I want to know Christ. Everything is garbage. Everything in this, I would lose everything in this life for the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ. And let me just say real quickly, that is not an intellectual knowledge. Okay, it is a, an experience. It means I'm actually experiencing Christ. And what he says is this so, so, right, we say, man, we lost some stuff, didn't we? I mean, when COVID hit, didn't we lose? We lost our freedoms. We lost some things we were able to do. And here's Paul going, he goes, man, I lose everything <laughs> because nothing in this life compares to actually having union with Christ. And then he goes on to say, he goes, because what happened, you guys, he goes, I received a righteousness from God. Now, again, when you read that or when, you, when, when, I, when I dialogued and gave that statement, many times we sit there and we go, okay, great, I received a righteousness from God, not our own. You guys, this is huge. Because when you receive the righteousness, and that's why we're going to take communion together, the first thing that God does for us through Christ is he forgives us of all of our sin. And here's what I know. Some of you, you are. You are sitting here today. You're sitting in your living room today. And you are looking in the mirror, and you are so frustrated with yourself. And you have done things that you never wanted to do. You've done things you don't want to do. And when that happens, you know what happens? Then shame piles on you and shame always causes us to hide. So here we are living in a place where we have to be isolated and in our homes anyway and now you're doing stuff you really wish you wouldn't do but you don't have the power to get over it. And Paul goes, then you need union with Christ. You need Jesus to come into your life. And if you will put your faith in him, the first thing he will do is he will forgive you of all your sin. I love when Paul said that. He goes, I'm not betting on righteousness of my own. I'm not saying that I've got all that. He goes, no, I want the righteousness that comes from God as a gift. And man, if you need forgiveness today, if you need forgiveness today, Because you know you have not been able to live the life you wanted to live. And here's what we know, right? Domestic abuse has gone up since COVID hit. And I'm sure that nobody who's doing that, that that's the life I want to live. No. And so what do you have? Shame. Some of you have gone to the bottle. You've gone to drugs. You've done whatever it is. And you need to receive a righteousness. You need union with Christ. But... Here's the beautiful thing. He doesn't just give you his righteousness by forgiving you of all your sin, which he does. That's what we're gonna celebrate. Jesus takes all of your sin and receives the punishment for it on the cross, but he also gives you the power to live a new life. That's why Paul says, I wanna know Christ, because Christ actually loves God and he loves people. I want to know Christ because Christ is absolutely free from the self. And I'm not. And I love how he said that. And I'm not there yet. But I'm going to get there. Why? Because Christ took hold of me to be able to live. So you guys, the first thing, the king, how how do you get off the couch? And love is the king of love needs to reign inside your heart. Do you have union with Christ? Do you? If you're a follower of Christ, you do. Remember that. That's why we're going to take communion today. And if you've never put your faith in Jesus, I want to tell you right now, if you will trust him, if you will say, Jesus, I can't do this, and it's killing me. If you will say, I need you and I want to give you my life, you know what he will do? He will absolutely forgive you of everything you've ever done when he died for sin, he died once for all of it. And then he will literally, by his spirit, come inside and dwell within you, and you'll have union with Christ. So how do you get off the couch and love? You have union with Christ. The second thing is you gotta believe there's more. I think, I think Paul was like, man, I just, I just know there's more. See, I, it's so crazy, man. I don't think I'm ever gonna come close to Paul. Anybody else? Like you read this guy and you're like, man, I, I, I'm like, who am I? I'm like a, a preschooler compared to Paul. And yet Paul even was like, I know there's more. <laughs> he goes, I haven't obtained it. And when you know there's more, it makes you go for it. I think there's so much more for me to experience and to know. I love when Paul said, I want to know the resurrection power. The power of the resurrection, you guys, listen, here's what the Bible tells us. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is living in any person who's put their faith in Christ. So Paul knew that, but he's like, but I know I'm not, I I still got a long way to go. And when you know there's more, you know what? It gets you off the couch. There's more to life. And that's why Paul says, I want, to be, I want to become like him in his death. Because you know what death is sometimes? Death sometimes is saying no to Netflix and that half gallon of ice cream or popcorn or cereal in my case. It's the power to say no, and it's a death to yourself. And when Paul can be, he said, if I could know Christ, if I could become like Christ When Christ said, oh God, if there's any way, take this away from me, but not my will be done, but yours be done. See, when you know there's more, you're kind of willing to press on, right? Press on and strain. feels a little bit different than sitting on a couch. And you can do that when you know there's more. I want to tell every one of you, and this is so true, obviously for me, for all of us, there's more. There's more power there's more love, there's more freedom, there's more peace, there's more joy than whatever you've experienced right now. And when you believe that, it helps you get off the couch. So believe there's more. So, first, union with God gets me off the couch. Belief that there's more. The third one is the call of God. What got Paul out of the couch? And actually living, he said this, I press on toward the goal to win the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus I press on because God has called me to this life of love. Come on, y'all. Our mission here at K2 is to invite every one of you and to equip every one of us to live the adventure of following Jesus. And if we follow Jesus, what call did he say? Come follow me. (laughs) Come follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. I will set you free from yourself and I will fill you up with a spirit of love and you will actually give yourself away. You guys, what gets us off the couch is remembering that God has called us to this. I love when Paul said, he goes, I take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Do you guys remember that day? Man, I remember. What a great picture of salvation like someone drowning and someone coming and taking hold of them. And then you rescue him. But he took hold of us for a reason. And it's so that we would be able to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and we'd be able to love others. And Paul says, you know what? I'm getting off the couch. Because God has called me the upward call of love in Christ. So, how do I get off this couch? I need union with Jesus. I need to believe that there's more than what I've already experienced. I need to remember the call of God on my life. Here's the fourth one, the brokenness of life. What gets us off the couch? It's the brokenness of life. I love how Paul said, he goes, I've told you this before, I'm gonna tell you again, with tears. See, Paul was so deeply moved in his heart, why? Because he knew if people's minds are still set on earthly things, if that's all they've got, and you guys, we know this. Many of us know this right here in this room. You know this right now in your living room. That when all of a sudden earthly things like health, like jobs, like money, and even people, when those things could be taken away, if your mind is set on earthly things, if earthly things are what you live for, then they can all be gone in a second. And what happens to you? It destroys your life. You just, you just lost what you live for. You lost your foundation. And Paul's like in tears. He's going, some people live as enemies of the cross of Christ because their minds are set on earthly things. Just... And, he goes, and so he's, he's just, is passionate about that because it breaks people's lives. But here's the other thing you know what an earthly thing is, you guys, at its core? When the Bible talks about being caught up in earthly things, the key thing is we're caught up in ourselves. We just get caught up in ourselves. And so in, in, uh, in James chapter 3, it says, Envy and selfish ambition, right there. Envy and selfish ambition is earthly unspiritual and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Come on, you guys. Here's what I know. There's not a human being right now that's not watching the news and looking around our world and scared to death because it's dark out there. It's broken out there. And what that should do for us that should break our heart. Like it broke Paul's, he's like, I'm not just gonna sit on the couch and watch Netflix. People are literally living lives as enemies of the cross of Christ, which means they're living for themselves, they are totally about selfish ambition, and it's destroying their marriages, it's destroying their workplaces, it's what's destroying our country, and we're just gonna sit and watch Netflix. Paul's like, I can't do that. I know the answer. And because of the brokenness of the world, Paul's like, I gotta get off the couch and I gotta love. I gotta get off the couch and I gotta love because God has loved me. He has set me free, He has poured His love into my heart. I'm the light of the world. Let's go make a difference. And that's the last thing, you guys, is then you just remember who you are. What got Paul off the couch is he remembered who he was. The last thing he said is, our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, my, our, see, when God sets you free, he opens your eyes. And you, I talked about this a few weeks ago. And all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, there's so much more to this. You guys, when you become a child of God, born of his spirit, Spirit, then you finally realize my citizenship who I really belong to is the kingdom of God in heaven and the kingdom of God is a matter of love and so in Ephesians Paul said be imitators of God therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God hey how you doing are you stuck on the couch are you i have been i'm sure you have been are you there what's going to get you off the couch and not going to bed at night going god i just can't believe i wasted all that time again what's going to help you live it's your union with christ It's having Jesus Christ who always loves God and always loves others inside your heart. It's remembering the call of God on your life and knowing there's more. What am I doing? There's more to this. And it's seeing the brokenness of the world and caring deeply about people whose lives are on the way to destruction. (laughs) And then it's remembering who you are. Wait a second. Sometimes, you guys, we just need spiritual smelling salts. What was I doing? What was I doing? I'm a child of God. I'm a citizen of heaven. How do I get duped into this? All right. So how do we actually worship God? We sang the song, right? All my devotion and all my worship, I give to him. Just really quick, but but I want you to think about these things. Because how do we worship God when we walk out of here? Okay? When you give yourself anything, when you devote yourself to anything, you guys, there's three things that always come up. You devote the things you love that you devote yourself to. You give your time, you give your talent, and you give your treasure. That's how you do it. How, how do we worship him? How do we love God in this moment? First of all, can I say, you got to give him some time. Are you spending any time with God? God. Are you actually reading the word of God that tells you all the time how much he loves you, that he cares about you? Because this is what, this is, what is true. The Bible tells us we only love because he first loved us, okay? So the first thing, if you're going to walk out of here and worship God and say, I'm going to get off the couch, I just know for me, what gets me off the couch is receiving a ton from God. It's why we gather here. It's why you're at home watching this thing. It's why we do Life Together groups. It's why we have Celebrate Recovery tomorrow night, helping people get over these addictions that rose up within them. It's why we have our men's and why we do our youth, because we need to be together to receive from him. Your time matters. And then you go to your talents, and, and, and I, I, I'm not going to tell you how many people are here, how many people are watching online. There are limitless numbers of talents in here, so I can't sit there and go, hey, here's what you should do with your talent. I don't know. And here's what I do know. You're good at something. You're good at something. You have a gift. You have a talent. And you know what you need to do? Hey, please, take this as an action step. Sit and ask God and go, God, how can I take what you have given me and get off the couch and bless somebody else with it. How can I take the talent you've given me, get off the couch, and bless somebody with it? How can I love somebody with what you've given me? So man, with your time, love God. Receive from God. With your time, bless others. Bless others. And then the last thing is with your treasure. your treasure. And why do, we, why, why, does, why do we talk about the treasure? Well, because Jesus talked about it more than anything else because he knew this. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So can I just say, man, all of us who are followers of Christ, let's just remember, first, right, the first thing we do with any income we receive is we give it right back to God. The first part of it, don't stop being faithful in this, you guys. Continue to give faithfully the tithe to God through your gifts to this church. You know, and obviously, we're not taking our tithes and offerings. It's all online. It's all giving. But listen, if you stop giving your finances to God, then Jesus says your heart has a hard time staying with him as well. So if you're going to really live and love, one of the ways you really love God is you go, God, here's my finances because that's tied to my heart. And then, man, are there chances right now to bless people financially outside of after you give to God? Absolutely. Unbelievable opportunities to bless people and to help people who are in need. So, how you doing? Man, Dave, I've been stuck on the couch. How do I get off the couch? You love. Now, as the band comes up, we're going to close with our last song and we're going to take communion. Okay. And I I just want to tell you, this is one of the things that, that recently for me has been super, super important. And again, if you're at home, and maybe you even snuck in during the message and didn't know this, we're going to take communion, so feel free, please, just run to your kitchen, grab a piece of bread, juice if you've got it, water if you need to, but we're going to take communion here together. Why? Why is this so important? Because Jesus said you need to remember a couple things, you guys. If you're really going to live the life of love that's freedom for your own soul and that blesses everybody around you. He goes, then don't forget me. Don't forget me. Don't forget what I've done. Don't go out there and try to establish a righteousness on your own. Don't try and be a better person. There's no power in that. Because the power to live and the power to love is me inside of you. Yes, the gospel is the greatest news in all the world, and it's what sets us free. So all of us who are here in the room, if you want to go ahead and take take out your and if yeah, thank you so much, Nancy. If you didn't happen to get one of these and you'd like to take communion, um, here we got over here. Uh, please raise your hand and we'll get that to you. But if you take off the top, just the the cellophane thing on the top and all of you at home, go ahead and grab your bread at this time. And here's what Jesus said. He goes, whenever you do this, he goes, I want you to remember something. I want you to take this bread and I want you to remember because this represents my body broken for you. Here's what Jesus is saying, you guys. I love you so much that I would give my life for you. I love you so much. I want to be with you so badly that I will lay down my life for you. So, because here's what he knows. If you ever stop start to doubt that I love you, then you're going to have to start thinking about yourself. If you don't think I care for you, then you're going to care for yourself. And you need to know, even when you were a sinner, even when you wanted nothing to do with me, even when you were powerless to do anything good, he goes, that's when I laid down my life for you. You are dearly loved child if you've put your faith in Christ. So let's take and eat and remember the love of God that he has for us through Jesus Christ. And one of the things I love about that, you guys, is the scripture tells us that he poured his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. See, what we're doing, we're taking communion. It's reminding us that we are in union with Christ. We have his love inside of our hearts to give to others now. And then Jesus, it's the most beautiful thing. He said, hey, and I know, I know, I know, I know how far You have fallen. I know every stupid decision that you've made. I know every time your God was your stomach instead of me. And you chose what was selfish and sinful instead of what was loving and holy. Believe me, I would not have come to earth and died on the cross if you could have done this yourself you would not have needed a savior. But you need to know, I shed my blood for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. And you guys, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible in Hebrews is when it says, and Christ died once for all. One sacrifice of Christ has made you clean. So if you need to, even before you take this, if you are sitting there with guilt or shame, take a moment and just confess your sins to God. Confess them. Agree with him. God, this decision was wrong. This was sinful. I had totally been a couch potato. I haven't gotten off to do anything for anybody. God, I see that's not your way. It's not life. It's not love. Forgive me. Ask God forgiveness. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, okay? Let's take and drink the blood of Christ forgiving us of all of our sin. Now, God, I just pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for this word from Paul. Thank you, God, for his revelation, for his understanding, That knowing you is what gave him life. Union with you is better than anything else. God, thanks for the call that you've given us to love. It's great for our soul. It's what blesses the world. It's what glorifies you. God, help us to remember that there's more. There's more. And would you please, Jesus, as your life of love now comes inside of us through communion with you, would you please open our eyes to the brokenness of the world? Please, God, help us to love the world. Help us to bring this message of hope. God, help us to surrender. Like Paul said, I consider everything a loss compared to knowing Christ. I will surrender everything. Jesus, I will surrender everything everything to you that i might know you i will consider everything a loss so that i could live a life of impact in this world and we pray for that grace we pray for that mercy we ask for the power of the holy spirit to be able to do it in jesus name amen all right so if you're here you guys let's stand and let's sing this last song together and if you're at home Engage, embrace these beautiful words.